Blog Talk Radio. It's the Sunday Night Roundtable on the Wide Men Network at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. Here's the guys to discuss anything and everything brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, Facebook.com slash MakeupKennedy, and WowFreeCam.com. Here's your hosts, Nate, T.R., and Tim. That's right. We are live. It is Sunday night. What a delight, Sunday night. It's Nate. I'm here with you. Got my buddy up north, Tim Dombrova's in the house. TR from Philly is here. We're here. It's a Sunday night roundtable. Gentlemen, how are you both? Uh, it's TR here. Um, I missed a little bit of the game. Tried to fast forward and catch up to the missed spots, but didn't look at it fully. It seemed to me, oh, I'm Okay. Uh, that was your question. I always answer questions that aren't asked. Uh, <laughs> I always answer the questions that you don't ask me. Oh, honest. Lord. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm doing okay. So I'll, we'll talk about the game later, I guess. <laughs> and you too. Oh, I am uh, my usual self up here in the uh, Great White North where they were, uh, were a depressing uh, – Hovering just above zero degrees and looking at some rain. So it's just a lovely, lovely weekend. Well, look at it this way. If you go out and catch pneumonia, free health care. So don't sweat it. This is true. Uh, and free beer while you wait. <laughs> is that a thing? Wait, wait, wait. Is that a thing? Of course it's a thing. Who? What good you Canadian would beer? give another good Canadian under the weather free beer? I mean, that would just be foolish not to. You're fucking with me. They don't give you free beer. I'm fucking fucking with you. I'd ruin the system if that were the case. Tom would already be living here. (laughs) (laughs) Tom would have his green card, red card, whatever color card it takes to get into Canada. Whatever card he needed. Well, it's game two tonight, and it's the Sunday night roundtable, so we're going to talk more than just basketball, but... I figure we'll dive into game two now. Uh, we had the Golden State Warriors who pulled it out of victory in game one in overtime, taking on the Cleveland Cavs, game two of the finals. And um, needless to say, this one wasn't as close as the last one. Uh, Golden State showed up tonight very determined. Uh, I'm assuming TR's already gave away his answer. Uh, he kind of watched the game, tried to get caught up. Um, Tim, did you happen to watch the game? I can proudly say, sir, that I watched the game from buzzer to buzzer. Oh. Look out. I, saw I watched the whole it. game. So I watched it as I'm well not for sure the most part. How much of it registered, but I watched the whole game, so we'll see. Well, anybody that was hoping for a repeat of Game 1 left very upset, as it was nowhere near what Game 1 was. Um, Golden State came out, and like like we predict, I'm not trying to say we were right, TR, and I'm not trying to say that we told everybody, but uh, we were right and we told everybody. 
Golden State came out with a renewed vigor, renewed fire. Kevin Durant looked great. Steph Curry was Steph Curry. Clay Thompson was Clay Thompson. They were cooking with gas, cooking on all cylinders. Cleveland was able to hang in it for a while, but Golden State just too much. I personally feel feel a little dirty on the uh, boasting on our part because I had a little hair of an asterisk. I wasn't as strong as you because I'm, my heart is with uh, a six foot eight African American gentleman built out of you know stone. So I, uh, you know, I was rooting when we were predicting that I was wrong actually, but it's hard to deny. Um, it just sucks for a finals. You know, Kevin Love played good tonight. Well, the, unfortunately for if you're a Cleveland fan, the uh, greatness of LeBron and the decentness of Kevin Love is not enough to deal with the trifecta you get over there in Golden State. They just they yeah. don't have enough to keep up. They just can't do it. And LeBron had yeah. a he had a good game tonight, but he didn't have a great game tonight. And not you could tell, but then he was getting. I don't know what you guys saw. But did you notice? Uh, He's getting a little pissy out there tonight. Yeah, he was getting pissy. Uh, he, he had every right to get pissy. Yeah, he had I mean, I'm not, talking about every right. Now, well, now listen, the one listen, call, I'm definitely. I'm not going to say that the referees caught the Cavaliers the game because they didn't because they lost by, like, I don't know, a gross or something like that. But the Cleveland Cavaliers had some legitimate gripes tonight. The officiating was not good. The officiating was very – I'm not even going to say they missed a lot of calls on both sides because there was foul calls on Golden State that Cleveland wasn't getting. And, and normally I'm not one to – and I'm not blaming the refs for the loss. Again, I'll repeat that. But they were not consistent tonight. The referees were very well, inconsistent. We also had a uh, had a bit of a rookie crew tonight, didn't they? I'm not sure who ripped this game. Truthfully, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I, yeah, I'm not familiar with NBA referees, but I'm pretty sure I heard I them. Neither am I, really. At least one of them. It was his first uh, finals appearance, so I, I know it wasn't the same bunch that was that refereed game one. I know that much. So that may have had something to do with it. But uh, back to the LeBron thing. I mean, it's certainly the one call. Where uh, he was driving to the basket and guys are falling, <laughs> guys are falling yeah. all over him. And <laughs> yeah, there was people flying <laughs> off him. Like, I mean, it was ridiculous. There was people fly- yeah, he looked like ridiculous. Uh, he looked like Pigpen from the Peanuts cartoon. Well, I thought people, maybe like, they had switched over to football or something, and they were trying to tackle him before he got under the hoop because that's sort of what it looked like. And uh, he had every right to gripe on that call, but oh, he he, he griped a few other times, and then I noticed at least two or three times I saw where either his teammates did not live up to his expectations or he missed a shot and he stood there. I watched at least I'm sure at least three times where I kept waiting for where's where how come LeBron is not back on the other end of the court yet? And he never and moved. That's why. He went and stood in a corner and stood there. Well that is not uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't that's not what I look for from my go to guy in a in a final series. But Well that's why I finished that like uh, minus Minus 18 on the night with the overall. Him and Kyle Korver tied for the, the worst plus minus of the you know, night. They looked, finished both at minus he 18. He looked tired. He looked a little bit like they got under his skin a little bit, however. And then I don't know where he – I think it might have been during the, the missed foul call. He got swatted in the eye pretty good, and his one eye was like bloodshot red. And, you know, 
even he's only human. He can only do so much. So, but uh, he, he didn't have his. He, he wasn't at his best tonight. I don't think. Not no, he wasn't. Tr, what'd you take away from pretty, game two? It's pretty great to uh, be not at your best, and I'm not disagreeing, Tim. But to be not at your best and drop twenty nine, thirteen, and nine. Um, oh no! I, just, I yeah, I I agree. But for him, we're I'm, used to seeing you know upper forties, fifties. Right. So uh, you say that right. you say That's that, point, but you know, him not at his best though. Look what it gets him. They lose by nineteen. Sure, he has a great stat line, but he finishes with a horrible plus-minus. And he had guys making shots tonight, so you can't say that LeBron didn't have help tonight. Kevin Love shot great in the third quarter. Um, George Hill had 15 tonight, so he had a little bit of help. Tristan Thompson, 11-5, and five, Love with 22-10. and 10. Um, You know, he had some people helping him out. Jeff Green, he scored some, not as much as the last game, but still. Uh, 13 assists. Who could forget about the amazing performance coming off all the hijinks that J.R. Smith had tonight? Oh, wait, he scored five. My bad. <laughs> yeah, he didn't uh, He didn't take seize the opportunity to become un-goat boy. But... Five points, yeah, one seem... rebound, two assists, yeah. two steals on two of nine shooting for J.R. Smith. Yeah, he... Oh, he went and hit. Excuse me. <laughs> one and one of four from three. Did it, did you guys happen to notice uh, when Jr. Uh, he got a standing ovation from the crowd in Oracle at player introduction? <laughs> <laughs> and they chanted MVP when he went to the foul line. Yes, um, I, I'll yeah, give I Oracle think, credit. Yeah. That, that's pretty good. I think I repeated, <laughs> I retweeted rather uh, something I saw. I was somewhat conscious earlier today about the, the, the J.R. Smith uh, with the commentary when he, it was a street ball crew and they just kept having this white dude like dribble through traffic while the commentary was like, <laughs> and all the dude was yelling at him. It's it's already been yeah. sold by like three million people. And, uh, and maybe you guys could uh, maybe you guys could explain it to me because I didn't get it. Um, there was one where he they show the play and then he runs. Into the liquor store and grabs a bottle of Hennessy. Yeah, I saw that one. That wasn't. Yeah, okay, I didn't quite get that one. Uh, I'm missing something it's there. Or is it just that lowbrow that I didn't get it? It's a. It's. I mean, some in these in this day and age would say it's a racist joke, but it's. Uh, you know, having a lot of uh, African American coworkers in my past and so forth. Hennessy's the go-to drink of the brothers. So oh, okay. Love Hennie. All right, fair enough. That makes a little bit of sense. Then. I, I uh, yeah. being up here, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get that one at all. So, fair enough. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. take away to, tonight. Oh, go ahead. Whoever saw it. There's the, the old Cat Williams joke. You know, guy, what's what's a black man drink on his birthday? He drink Hennessy. That's his drink. It's what he drinks on his birthday. Anniversary, Jesus' birthday, you know, that's what he drinks. Monday, Tuesday, Friday. I don't think there's probably yeah. a lot of white drinkers that are no different. Speaking yeah, of... A uh, particular type of poison. Speaking of Cat Williams, I'd like to get at least one name drop in each each show, if not many more. But uh, Just one? My, my, Well, I said if not many more, but, you know, I'm starting early tonight. Uh Cat Williams uh, took 
a young Caucasian University of Penn graduate that I used to do stand-up with, uh, Richie Redding, who moved to New York. To a shower. Moved moved to to New York after he got sober. And uh, I had drank with Richie, and he wasn't a real good drunk, not that anybody is, but uh, good for him because he got 10 years, and then all of a sudden on Facebook I was seeing him, like, taking pictures of filled stadiums, not stadiums, but you know what I mean, like filled um, like Temple, Leacura Center, for instance, like a 10,000-seat venue that Cat would sell out, and he would be the only guy with him. It would be Richie for 20 and Cat for an hour, I guess, or whatever. But So, name drop, Richie Redding, my friend, touring. Uh, well, keep go. going for it, Rich. That's all. One name sure, drop so far. You sure we can't get some some Penn State business out of that story? <laughs> so who? So oh, you're talking Penn about Penn State, State right? as a no, University of Penn. Different uh, coaching well, Pennsylvania staff. as opposed to Penn State. Pennsylvania, there's been no kid diddling to my knowledge. That's true. Well, this is you're thinking the Nittany Lions, not the Quakers. Should, it should yeah. stay that way. <laughs> right, Based on I the think names, they know um, said. Based on the names of the of the uh, squads, I would you know if you ask somebody that didn't know, you would think a Quaker would be more likely to do that activity than a Nittany Lion. But never can figure things out in this world. Well, the Ivy League, I think they know better than that. You would hope, at least, but nevertheless. Well, I um, never know. There's a lot of money for a lot of hush money there, you know. I used to have so many great dreams about. Uh, uh, elderly man pressing me against the shower and slamming it up my ass and lo and behold out of nowhere it came true all I had to do was go for a, a kids class at Penn State or you, or you could just go to the or you could just go to the local Y well that's why I took the Y it's closer it's an easier drive and those guys, but their balls are so soaked up that they've been in there three hours waiting for a nice piece of ass. So I couldn't get it there either. Don't try to take it up the ass. The old guys would. Oh laugh. God! If we That's had a, if we ever, if we ever had a T-shirt, it would just be don't like I would just want it to say, "Don't go to the Y showers with the guys who soaked his balls for three hours." Weird shit happens at the Y. Yeah. You can get yourself clean. You can have a good meal. <laughs> anyway, that's what I always laugh. That's what I always laugh about. And I, I, stop me after this and don't comment. But because it'll it'll get it'll take us in like fifteen twenty minutes of the wrong direction. But I always laugh at the people like in my white America that have never met any person of of, of different anything. And they're the ones who, who watch Modern Family and think, "Oh, it's so cool! They're so funny! Those those two gay guys." And uh, they little little do they know what's going on, really going on around there. You have to lie in the bathroom with those funny gay guys. Well, they'll be cocky, your dumbasses, white people. Anyway, I'm done. Well, back to the game, and also happy Pride Day, oh, really? everyone out there. Uh, yeah. So back to the game two. Um, we just saw what we what we figured we would see in game one uh, tonight with the Warriors, uh, just an ultimate fourth quarter. They took over. The Cavs 
hung with them in the third, but the fourth, they just weren't able to stick around, and Golden State ran away with it, 19 points. Benches emptied um, to go into the game for garbage time, about four minutes left in the game. So. Four minutes left, yeah, which resulted in another LeBron uh, outburst at his coach. Of course. If you if you were watching. I did say, how many minutes were left? About four something or three something? About four minutes, yeah. Four, four and a half. <coughs> but they were, like that, they were down yeah. 18 or something. Yeah, he yipped him pretty hard when he, when he told him it was time for him to sit down. Yeah, Rodney Hood got some playing time, so nobody. <laughs> so there's a first. Congratulations, Rodney. You've got to end the game, so we're proud of you. Uh, Larry Nance is not great tonight either. What is it? I was gonna I was gonna mention that on the Rodney Hood because we touched on his lack there of uh, you know appearances and and what whatnot since that quote unquote incident that you uh, read the other night. <clears throat> but uh, when he came in, not that he did anything, but just hanging on the ball like between if you have, if you were a casual basketball fan, he he had a handle up top of the key between the legs both hand and pulled up for three, and he, he clanked. It wasn't a bad shot, but he didn't make it. But you can tell that he could help them offensively if he had his head on right. And it wasn't – like, usually when they empty, empty the bench, you can tell why those guys are bench players. Hood, Hood looked like a talented guy coming off the bench, uh, which he is. So we got to get some real deep inside. We don't have a Cavs insider, right? I could find one, I'm sure. We'll get a Cavs insider to see if there's more to, to the than meets the eye to that story because it just seems like he's, uh, I don't know, it seems like he could help them to me. But I think he could. It's, my observation. I, he, the thing is with him is uh, I heard it described as he was so used to running a set system in Utah and they would run set plays and, and things of that nature and he would have a role whereas he comes in uh, to Cleveland and he's supposed to be basically what everybody becomes that's got any sort of long range. Either you got to run off a screen and shoot while running like a Kyle Korver or you've become a a guy who stands, in, who stands out by three while LeBron drives and dishes. And if you don't make your shots, they say LeBron loses a lot of faith in you. And if he loses faith in you, good luck. Um, so, from from taking from what that has been said, and that was on ESPN Radio today, I believe on Dickerson and Hood. Shout out to Jonathan Hood, if you're listening, buddy. Good analysis today. Um, if uh, if that is the the fact, then basically LeBron doesn't want him in with him. Is what I'm taking oh. away from that. More so, a LeBron okay. issue than a coach's issue. Got it. If it came through Jonathan even oh, indirectly, he's probably got an in and probably telling you something without officially making a statement. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think taken. it was Jonathan. It was either John on Dickerson and Hood today or on the Hangout, one or the other. So it was on ESPN Radio. Um, so take that with a grain of salt, though. So if it's from Jonathan, you can believe it. But anybody else, take a grain of salt on that. But um, it's it's really hard saying, and they're getting ready to go back to Cleveland. And as far as I'm concerned, it's Wednesday. It's it's win or it's over for Cleveland. If you want to make it a series, now you have to win. Got to win game three. 
Yeah, I, I had that. I never brought up on air I, my weird. Maybe I did on when it was us three and Jeff the other night. If I did, I, I apologize for repeating. But um, I know I brought it up to, to Tim off air. Uh, the Cavs are time underdog here. And Houston, not so much. <clears throat> and I know I'll get a Capella argument from, from Big Nate, but if I'm going two-on-two, two, I'm taking LeBron and Kevin Love over Paul and Harden. And then if I look at the rest of the players, and they're not that big of a disparity between Houston and Cleveland. In my well, opinion. here's the Here's the thing. If you're playing two-on-two, two, I mean, that's completely different. It sure um, is, but like, I'm just talking like, from a Here's the thing. You could, have, you could have an NBA two-on-two two tournament, and you could have – I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if nobody from the Warriors was in, the, in it. Maybe Durant. I don't think Steph Curry would be a good two-on-two two player. I don't think Klay Thompson would be a good two-on-two two player. Um he's not talking about it from that standpoint, though. But we're just what he's trying exactly. to say is, if you had to take the two stars, you'd take the two from you take uh, Cleveland's over um, Houston's mm-hmm. because, because of the distance that LeBron has on so many, and then on both Harden and I mean he's just a world above them despite their respective all-star level talents but i mean he's, he's better than everybody but and then and then love is is good and, and i'm not I, I wasn't making a two-on-two point but i was breaking it down that oh, okay. way okay I'm <laughs> just sorry. to just to make it be seen but um the, it, it seems it seems like i really do think that uh they'll get a game in cleveland if not more because uh Maybe because I'm blind, blind faith and rooting for LeBron, but I, I don't think Houston. Like if it was Houston, Cleveland, uh, down two zero, I wouldn't worry because Houston plays one way, that D'Antoni style, and uh, Cleveland has a style, but it can change when LeBron needs to take over. He tries to at least, and uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, even though they're down two zero as expected, it really should be one one. And should don't mean shit, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. But really should be 1-1 going to Cleveland. And I just think they were uh, odds makers, uh, experts, fans. I think when I compare Houston to Cleveland, I think it would be no sweat, like almost like Boston-Cleveland where LeBron went home and it wouldn't be panic, wouldn't be craziness. But, you know, I think I think they're more evenly matched than people gave the Cavs credit for. Uh, that's just an opinion. Who knows? Well, speaking of opinions, I think we're going to have another opinion. Go ahead, Jeff. What's up? Hey, what's up? Uh, the game was, I thought, pretty good. Uh, Warriors had about a five to seven point lead most of the way, first, second, third quarter, but. I think we all know that Dagger was a parking lot three-pointer from uh, Curry. Yeah. I don't think there was anything overcoming that. And then he got a four-point play probably a minute later. Yes, it was. Maybe less than that. So. Yeah, and uh, the the replay showed that Love really didn't 
do much of anything to him, but he fell back after the shot on his own. But yeah, I, Curry got that, that call, never, but LeBron got mugged, and nobody said a word. Yeah, but I mean that that I mean I'm not blaming the loss on that, but it was just pile oh, no. on to make sure they covered. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think all four of us picked. Uh, did we pick the cover the other day, or was it three or? I I picked Cleveland to cover. Okay. Which didn't look bad for, you know, down to about six minutes left. Three quarters. (laughs) Three quarters it was hanging in there, but. Like Jeff said, they kept, every time the the parts that I had watched live, it seemed like Cleveland would start what looked like a run, and then they'd be down up seven, or down seven rather to the Warriors. And then, boom, five seconds later, they're up 12. It was between 7, 5, 12, but 7 seemed to be the number they couldn't break through. And and they just lost. Once again, I'm going to reveal maybe my ignorance towards the NBA, but I see a lot of times, and maybe it's just the way they play the game now, when they're down, you know, 10, 11 points, and instead of taking time to set up and maybe getting two points, they pass the ball once, and somebody heaves up a three from some ridiculous place on the court and, and comes nowhere near it. I saw today at least two or three times where they could have had six points, let's say, off of three possessions and walked away with nothing. Yeah. Well, I'll say this when it comes to Cleveland. There's two guys on Cleveland's squad that they don't care who you are. They don't care who's in your face. They are going to shoot the damn ball. That'd be J.R. Smith and that'd be Jeff Green. Those two dudes are not afraid to shoot. <clears throat> Interesting. What was Kyle Corver's stat line today again? I think I think game one he had three. Was he even a factor today? No, uh, not one much point. one. One point. Wow. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, he he's stepped seven. up. At the, what is it? One point, yeah. That was a free throw, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> He was over for Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry with the I'm sorry with the Ben Simmons joke. No, I just was saying he was stepped up in a few other series, uh, Indiana series, uh, Toronto series. I mean, every about every one of them, he's had you know some, hit some shots. Uh, yeah, hit some key shots, but uh, it hasn't been there yet. And I think you know, I don't know what they're going there if he just poses a bad matchup problem or whatever, but. Uh, uh, he hasn't been a factor at all. Well, what yeah. they like to do, what they like to do in um, in Cleveland, is uh, have Corver switch off of. They usually have somebody set a high screen, usually Tristan Thompson or uh, somebody playing the center, maybe be Larry Nance. Corver, they set two screens. Usually the guard, the point guard sets the first screen, then Thompson sets the second screen because LeBron's got the ball. Then they like to kick the ball right to Corver as he's coming off the other screen to where he's coming around and he's catch and shoot. The center can't get there quick enough, and that's normally where he gets most of his points, either that or on a driving dish from LeBron. Problem is, in this series, Golden State has Draymond Green playing the center, who's about 6'7 and is quicker than probably every center in the league, every actual big man. And he can cover that ground a lot quicker on the switches. Yeah. I'll, 
I'll bitch about something. It wouldn't be the Sunday Night Roundtable if not. Uh, two things. One was uh, what we talked about a little bit with Mick Foley, how the, in my opinion, fundamentals have been lost uh, in mix. Uh, a lot of them have been just kind of skipped over, but they're still a little bit alive. But one of my pet peeves in today's NBA, and it kind of goes along with uh, Tim's point about scoring twos as opposed to, you know, always chucking up threes for no reason. Um, A lot of things you're taught when you're really young playing basketball is, you know, you get the ball as a big man, you keep it up high. Joel Embiid, I was all over for this all year because they'd strip him. But another thing, even in the case of the great shooters, you know, they want to make the ESPN highlights and stuff. You know, he's an incredible shooter or whatever. But follow your shot was something that was pounded into my head. Every game, every coach, everywhere I had. You watch anybody, and there's guys that that play fundamental, but they're very few and far between, like T.J. McConnell and like Marcus Smart. And that's why they get those uh, offensive rebounds over seven-footers, because everybody's expecting nobody to follow their shot. But from anywhere on the court, you'll see them just pose for the three or already head up the other way, whether it goes in or not. And it's an unwritten rule, like, you know, F that. You don't follow your shot, you just shoot. I, I don't know why it's that way. But when the best three-point shooters are at what? What's the best percentage this year for a full-time player? Forty? Uh, uh, Did it crack forty? But the point I've is, I've seen it's not some forty. Let me see here. I'll, I'll check this. Go ahead. All right. So you have a less than fifty percent chance by the greatest in the game. So more six out of ten in most cases, and, and a lot of cases, 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, are not dropping. So why are you not following your shot? Uh, T.J. McConnell follows a shot. Marcus Smart follows a shot. They're not superstars, but give me eight of those guys and, like, two superstars, and I'm good. Well, looking here at known shooters, um, now this is, of course, I, there's no, I don't, I can't find a three-point percentage per se, but your great three-point shooters like Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, LeBron, uh, none are here to be found. I'm seeing LeBron James, uh, 54% shooting this season. Your top field goal percentage guys are Clint Capella, DeAndre Jordan, Stephen Adams, Ennis Cantor, guys that are taking like two-foot jumpers or two-foot, you know, laying the ball in or dunking the ball. Uh, as far as three-point percentage this season, yeah. it's just, you know, it's it's really hard to uh, – James Harden did – 44%. Okay, so that's 44 the is the top dog. Uh, well, of anybody who shot any amount, there was uh, – Darren Collison had a higher – Darren Collison. He didn't, very, he didn't shoot very many, Darren. so I wasn't thrown. And anywhere. Reggie Bullock and Otto Porter all shot better than Clay Thompson, but – uh, Reggie Bullock shot 46, almost 47%, or Darren Collison did. Uh, the rest of them, 44 is the highest. Joe Ingles shot 44%. Corver shot 43. Uh, guys like that. So, not really good numbers per se. Hey, my boy Carl Anthony Towns shot uh same percentage as Steph Curry. <laughs> Granted, Curry well, probably shot a lot more, but <laughs> nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, it's just a crotchety old man gripe that every time I – you know, most of the time the ball 
bounces toward the, they're short most of the time that I observe. Maybe I, that's not factually correct. I'd have to really look into it hard. But <clears throat> if you follow your shot and it bounces off the front side of the rim wherever you're shooting from, guess who it's coming back to? You. And then you have a 10-footer. But you're on your way up the other side of the court already to make a nice little sports center highlight. And let me bitch about one more other thing, Jeff Van Gundy. He said, because tonight was Steph Curry night, and, he, of course, he broke the record, and that is nice. I love Steph Curry. I wish he wasn't playing it there. I just, it was just him and Clay and Splash Brothers circa four or five years ago because he's a likable player, and he's great. But uh, Van Gundy said he – I wish I had to – I could quote him exactly, but he said, and that's moving – without the ball and putting himself in position to get these shots, which he does greater than anybody in the history of the NBA. Jeff, uh, you forget this little dude from – yeah, exactly. You forget this little dude from Philadelphia named Allen Iverson who had no help. And I watched live run around like a marathon sprinter, if that's even a thing, because he'd be at full speed. But I would get exhausted watching him fighting through people because they all knew the ball was going to him as opposed to Golden State where it could go to anybody. So, Iverson was Al good Iverson at that. jumped out to me. Ray Allen was good at moving without the ball. Oh, yeah. uh, Rip too. Hamilton, he, he was good. Yeah, Rip yeah, Hamilton was course. very good at it. Um, there's just there's so many players that are good with moving. Let, let me tell you about Jeff Van Gundy. Since we're on the subject and you brought him up, I'm really hoping and praying somebody hires him uh, this no, season sir. to coach their team. I'm hoping they do. No, here's why. I want him to get a job no, as a coach. So I don't have to hear him anymore on – Fucking TV trying to call a basketball game. Sure. Jeff Van Gundy is to basketball what 40-year-old men in their mother's basements are to wrestling. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're lucky you, oh. upped that, you're lucky you upped that up to 30, eh? Yeah. Well, I'm almost 30, so shut up. Uh, but the thing is with <laughs> Van Gundy, just – he kills me. All he does is sit there and criticize everything that goes on. Like, the refs review a call. He's like, why are we reviewing this? We're taking momentum away from the game. Why are we reviewing it? Because we want to get the call right, you fuck yeah, and, then, and then two Jeez. minutes later, though, he did say, but, but it's good that they get the call right. Well, yeah. You don't think? He just aggravates the shit out of him. He says the stupidest thing. He's all the time bitching about something. It's just like, he, he was bitching about a fan that, like, spilled a beer. He's like, you know, we could uh, we, we, we could make this – this is stopping the game for unnecessary reasons. You know, we could fix this. And everybody's just like, dude, the fan paid like two grand for a seat. He can't have a drink in the front row. God, idiot. Here's, a, uh, well, we're, here's an interesting ahead, uh, statistic I'll throw at you quick, and then you can keep talking. Um, the, cheap, or the, most, uh, the cheapest ticket for the uh, – this game of the NBA Finals was, I believe they said 400 and I think it was 429 bucks. That was the cheapest one you could buy. Uh, mm-hmm. Game three of the NHL Finals, the cheapest ticket you could buy was $1,400. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's and nothing more like that, though. Well, they figure that's based on the fact that the Cleveland and Golden State have been in the final, what, the, what is this, year four? And, and of course, in the hockey, it's two teams that never been uh, haven't been there. So that's and the difference in the marketing, mar- marketing value. 
And you got to remember, this Cleveland team isn't exactly the team everybody was really hoping to see. Yeah, uh, well, they've all seen them there before too. Even if they were, they yeah, get a little tired it, of song and dance. We've all seen it, and we're all just kind. Of, and and honestly, I heard I've heard the argument today um, that this Cavs Warriors rivalry is good for the NBA. I, I don't agree with that because. Mm. It's not even a rivalry because it's not like we have it circled every year that, that we're looking forward to this. I, I'm sorry, guys. I hate starting the season and going, well, I know who's going to play each other this year in the finals. And it, that bores me. Like, I don't like knowing it. And I don't like going in and seeing the fact that three of the greatest shooters on planet Earth all decided to get together and, for, and have a team. And it just that, – that, Kills me. You're I don't think it's don't good like, for the league. You say you don't like the buddy system. Like, I hate hey, it. I'll come on your team, and you know, kind of like the Hamptons Five. If that's what you're referring to. Yeah, I've, I've never liked yeah. that. I've always liked, like, I wish players wouldn't high five before games. Yeah, you I, know? Don't I don't like, like that either. No. I don't like it. Like, God, like, maybe during the regular season, I could see it. You know, it's like, hey, you know, it's a regular season. We're not as serious. But come playoff time, I don't see anybody shaking hands. It's like, no, we're trying to win. We want a title, and you're in our way, jackass. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> That's why I always go back to the Boys from Detroit. Like, I always liked that team. They were a pain, but, man, they nobody liked them, and they were and they were happy about it. They, they were glad nobody liked them. Now, they didn't shake hands after the series either. <laughs> yeah, that's that true. <laughs> and they – I mean, I here comes some name dropping again. Here's thing, we should have a bell for name drops for me, but uh, those bad that will boys, be available on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> okay, cool. Those bad boys. I uh, one of my weird jobs, brush with fame, but I get none of it rubbed off on me. I drove those bad boys to the uh, spectrum, and a lot of them didn't like each other, <clears throat> uh, from what I observed. And uh, good old Bill Lambeer was ready to. Lambaced me after I made a right and a piece of luggage fell down. And thank you, Vinnie Johnson and uh, Mark Aguirre and maybe Rodman. There was a lot of them in the back, but definitely Aguirre and Vinnie Johnson were like, "Leave that man alone. He's doing his job." So they were they were bickering on my behalf. It was white on white crime. Fuck you, Bill Lambeer. They didn't call Lambeer like a cracker, did they? No, but I would have if they did. But I, you know, I was a little scared of Lambert. Because that would have been fun. One of them would have busted out a, a cracker remark at him. I don't know if that was in the uh, language at that time or not. But I don't recall myself. Uh, uh, back to Jeff Van Gundy before I forget. And I said it like an episode, like three, way back when we were uh, we tykes, Nate. Way back when, when we started this little program. Uh, I remember way back some, when. <clears throat> yeah. Something happened with Jeff Van Gundy that, that, you know, about what you say, he says stupid things. And it's weird because it seems like Mark Jackson has the ultimate respect for him, and a lot of players do, so maybe he changes on the floor as a coach than he than his personality that we see. I don't know, but he seems like a dweeb to me. But anyway, he uh, Kobe Bryant had something a couple of years ago um, that was like, you know, uh, LBJ needs two, and he wrote the number two, 
just so we could get at that time it was one certain one sixteen characters. Yeah, that were allowed the character there was a character limit. Yeah, it was like one hundred and twenty or something. It, yeah, so he was he was using the number two instead of spelling T W O to get his whole point in in one tweet. And Jeff Van Gundy's like, to the children of America, uh, I think it's Kobe's responsibility to uh, properly spell and, and write correctly instead of this street slang. And uh, his, his the cohort guy who's with them now, who I always forget his name, even though he's on every game, um, he waited about five minutes till he corrected him and said, well, there's a chance that Mr. Bryant was writing that because because of the Twitter language and, and, and the allowed space he had. And Van Gundy's like, well, I don't care. It's stupid. And he said, are you on Twitter, Mr. Uh, Van Gundy? He goes, no, I never will be. Why should I be on Twitter? So he was bashing yeah, Kobe. I will yeah, give Van Gundy credit. It was, in fact, not Ebonics. I will give Van yeah. Gundy credit tonight. Uh, Mike Breen was talking about Kevin Looney. He said in his last year of high school, uh, he played the point guard position. And Van Gundy, after a long pause, goes, did they win much? <laughs> So, yeah, but he almost said like he didn't know. But he's an idiot, so screw him. It's always one yeah. every bunch. Probably be the new Sixers GM. But anyway. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you know, they still haven't fired Colangelo. If I would have fired him, I would have fired him uh, probably about been gone. 7 o'clock. I'd have, I'd have fired that him about day. 7 p.m. today. Or at halftime. That's when I would have made the press release. Because that way everybody would be talking about the NBA finals. <laughs> They're waiting for a class here, day. Does he, does he have like a birthday coming up or something? Uh, he just had a birthday like the other day. Okay, so they aren't going to – maybe it's his wife's birthday or an anniversary or something that they can fire him on that day for a little extra added touch of class? Yeah, maybe they avoided it just because of that. I don't know, but – or maybe the owners are just so deep involved in their New Jersey Devils business that it hasn't got to them yet. <laughs> well, they're waiting to see what the where the money trend is going, and if it doesn't look like it's going to hurt business too much, he may stay there. My Lord. I mean, he's better than the, the other one, but... Well, if he's got I mean, a contract... It could be, it could be worse. he's got a guaranteed contract or something, and they got to pay him <laughs> if, they, if they get rid of him. They may not get rid of them. Good point. They are cheap. It's happened to hockey before where uh, managers have had, uh, you know, they signed the four- or five-year deal, and then year one they wanted to get rid of them, but they didn't want to pay them for the next four years, so they held on to them. At least get something out of them. (coughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually looking for Colangelo's contract. Uh, just out of just just for shits and giggles shits and here. Giggles. It's yeah. possible. You never know. Like what kind of shit is, you know? He may be owed some kind of bonus. Um, I don't know if there's players there that that are, are really uh, uh, glued to him or not. That 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 may have contracts coming up. Okay, well we don't want to get rid of him. That might mean so and so might not want to stay here. So we got to hold on to him. Until we can sign them, at least, then we can get rid of them. Blah blah blah. You never know. The business end of shit can be really dirty. 
That's not something no, we as fans don't really think about. We don't think about it sometimes in those terms, but if there's money involved and it's millions of dollars, you can be sure that guys like the, uh, I never remember his name, the guy who owns the uh, Sixers, but you can be sure that he is well aware Joshua of Joshua Harris. Josh Harris, yes, okay. I've heard that name enough from a guy sitting in Philadelphia <laughs> right now to know who it is. Didn't even have to look it up. See, and I have the yeah. I have the other guys the other guy's name drilled through my Sam Hankey I'll never forget. That's the one Sam that I drilled in my head. Yeah, I can't so find anything about his, I can't find anything about his yeah. contract, so Sam so Hankey really was a revolutionary revolutionary GM that nobody picked him up when he left. Nobody's even rang his phone. <laughs> he took the worst team in the league and led him to the promised land, but nobody else wants a taste of that <laughs> for some yeah. reason. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did, see I did Twitter. I did tweet a message to him. He has his DMs open on Twitter, and I sent him a, a message trying to get him on the show just to get TR's reaction. Oh, my God. That would be he a deal he, he knew who Tom was, and he wouldn't come on. Not that pro uh, son of a bitch, Robinson. I, uh, <laughs> I guess I would be respectful as a gentleman, but I would certainly no, you would no break lie. character. <laughs> I would break character. I would turn heel by saying things. Southern Tommy Rich would show up somehow, <laughs> getting fired <Yeah>. up. <laughs> Holy crap! Speaking of that, uh, I got Tony Basilio to do tomorrow. I forgot about that. Um, You're welcome. You better. Your agent better talk to you after the show then. <laughs> yeah. And uh get get him to the Greek, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Your management will be contacting you after the show. <laughs> uh cool. <clears throat> Not much so to Jeff, talk about though, right? What's new with you, Jeff? Since we've kind of ignored you here the past ten oh, minutes. I'm just listening to uh all the uh hot takes on who's gonna be the next GM. I'm enjoying it. Uh, of the Sixers, uh, something uh, Nathan brought up earlier was, I mean, if I think we all can agree, we at the beginning of the year, we pretty much figured that there was probably four teams that had a legit shot at winning the championship. Uh, I, I kind of think it was, I think during the year, the Sixers kind of moved into that five, top five, you, you know, but I thought that, Beginning of the year, before Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving got hurt, the Celtics, Cavs, yeah. those Rockets and Warriors, of course, uh, the Sixers, you know, moved themselves as potential. But I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings towards about the parity of of any sport, really. You know, it seems like it um, for a while there, the NFL was getting some parity, but seems the one constant's been the Patriots, you know, but uh, you know um, I, I kind of uh, I think it's kind of good in a way, but then at the same time people just get fed up with, oh gosh you know, the Warriors and the Cavs or it's, you know uh, I, I don't know if they're really losing fans or not is there any, is there any type of uh, evidence of that? I think you're getting actually the the NBA is gaining more fair weather fans. Uh, I think with stuff like this, and that's my opinion because your fair weather fans are always going to be the 
the people you see in the Warriors jerseys and the Cavs jerseys but have no idea who Mark Price and Baron Davis are. Um, so that that's where that's where you're gaining fair-weather fans, which for the NBA, that's what you want because the diehards are going to watch no matter what. Kind of sounds like pro wrestling. But uh, the diehards are going to watch no matter what. And we're going to bitch and moan because we're tired of seeing the same thing over and over and over. But the fair-weather fans that... A lot of people only watch the NBA playoffs. They don't watch the games in the regular season like a lot of us do. And they just watch the playoffs and the championship, and they're like, yeah, let's watch that Warriors-Cavs again. That was fun last year, wasn't it, kids? You know, shit like that. So maybe the NBA's probably the second most popular sport in the world behind football or behind soccer. On a worldwide basis, probably. On a worldwide basis, not in the United States, but on a worldwide basis. I miss Jeff Con- Jeff's comment. What was that, Jeff? Oh, I was just saying I'm like that with towards hockey. I don't really. I might, I might have watched two or three regular season games all year, but then the uh, playoffs. I think I think they're the best playoffs there is. The hockey playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely really exciting, and Tim Tim can tell us about that till the cows come home. <clears throat> I I was always a. Uh, are the Flyers in? Cool. I got something to do on off basketball nights. Um, but, yeah, I tried this year. I watched, like, the first two games, and then I just uh, I lost interest. And it is escalated in the playoffs where every shot, wrist, or, you know, every power play is so intense, comparatively speaking, to the regular season that I get it. It's, a, it's an adrenaline high, and uh, especially if you have – uh, an, an emotional investment to the team if it's your home squad or whatever. So I agree with that. And you're wearing a toque. Yeah. yeah. It seems to me that, um, you know, I have a I have a friend that lives in Pittsburgh, and he's a Cats fan, and I know that sounds crazy, but he did live in Alexander. He did live in Washington, but he, his job moved him to Pittsburgh. So when they beat Pittsburgh this year, he wore a Caps jersey to his office and didn't go over well, obviously. But uh, wow. but uh, he made a good point. I thought that uh, it seems like hockey's attracting a lot more fans, you know, younger people, and a lot of millennials like the game of hockey because it it's a constant moving game. There's only one timeout. Is that correct? Each team gets one timeout for the whole game. Uh, mm, well, yes and no. You got one. You got well. <laughs> Yeah, technically, I guess that's correct. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's you know, that's, and soccer's kind of picking up. It's a constant moving game. Uh, so, both of those, it seems like to me, that are, are growing uh, because of the fan base is you know reaching. It's getting. Uh, I guess the millennials are uh, liking this. You know. Well, we got to find something to do when baseball's the only sport. Hockey has really started times. to push uh, a lot of the things that have nothing to do with the game. Uh, like if you if you happen to be watching like the playoffs this year, there's a lot of pregame stuff that never used to happen in hockey. That they're actually even showing on television now. Like they're bringing in the big name singer to not even to sing the anthem. Like in Vegas, they have a guy. Somebody comes out and sings something and then they have somebody the big 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 name comes out and sings the the anthems so people are wanting to be part of the spectacle i I guess to me it's i think it's kind of dumb (laughs) but then i'm an old guy so 
without re- researching now, uh, Nate or Tim, maybe by the next time we're on air, we'll get some ratings for the NBA final and the NHL Stanley Cup uh, this season as compared to years past. Yeah, I'm not sure how a guy would even go about doing that because the the NHL is not, I don't think, is shown on a. Uh, that's probably on ESPN, I would imagine. Mm, it's on NBC. There might, yeah, but do they show all the games? Yeah. In years past, they never, they never did. They would, there would be like one game or two games that I could never figure out. Yeah, but it's not on NBC. NBC. It's probably on the NBC, the sports channel of NBC. No, it, it's right? on NBC. <laughs> it's on NBC. NBC, sir. Well, that's funny because it's not here. Like I get in regular. Thought NBC you all like, I, I thought you here. all liked hockey up there. Jeez. It must be uh, blocked. Maybe it's blocked out up here. Huh. That's weird. Or maybe. I mean, I get it. They. I get it on the Canadian network, be. and then I get it on the sports network. But I don't get it on like NBC, the, the regular, you know, the channel we'd watch the Big Bang Theory on. That's not on there. Holy crap! You watch that shit show that everybody likes? No, I just <laughs> happen kid. to know that it's on. I just happen to know it's on that. Station. It's not a bad show. <laughs> of course, you're oh, 28. <laughs> it, it I mean, I don't watch it. Eight years ago, my mom watches that show. My mom's in her 50s. I'm surprised at that. Hey, not hey, in a no. bad way. Let's watch Tender Not on the, the 50s now. But I didn't think their demographic would uh, would stretch that long. I just, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I'm out of thought. Kaylee Kawako could watch, could make me watch the Big Bang Theory. I'm a Bernadette fan myself. Which one's Bernadette Blossom? Uh, the little uh, one that's married to, married to the Howard guy. She's got the big cans. Happy Blossom because she had a breast reduction, which pissed me off. From in between Blossom and that nerdy show, somewhere along the line, like Blossom blossomed well, she towards her last season. For, yeah, she gave up the whole Hollywood life there for a while, and uh, she's actually she's actually got a degree in what the guys on The Big Bang Theory pretend to have degrees in. She actually has one. Yeah, me I'm so, lock or something. Uh, me and Bialik, yeah, something like that. She only you mean Amy Farrah Fowler? Amy Farrah Fowler, because it pays such ridiculous sums of money. I mean, I just want, to bring up making, uh, to I bring up your back, point, and I would watch it. To, to Tim, to bring up your point on the people singing the national anthem, we need Mark Donnelly back to sing the national anthem for the NHL. That name ring a bell? Yeah, I don't know who he sang for, though. That's the guy that sang the uh, national anthem and uh, was skating, and he fell over the red carpet. <laughs> oh, he still does? Oh, yeah, no, he still does the anthem in Vancouver. He's pretty very much cool. a mainstay there when it's anything important, but they haven't been very good the last few years. So, yeah, he, <laughs> when he was when he tried to skate and sing the anthem, what a move that was. <laughs> yeah, I'm busting his sure. ass, I know that. I'm not sure about yeah, Nate and Jeff, but I bet Tim, even all the way up there, knows the name of the historical woman that the Flyers are associated with, with God Bless America. Sir, you speak very reverently when you speak of the great Kate Smith. There you go. That's I know who Kate Smith is, sir. And everything. Take your hat off and 
sing along. I I saw Kate Smith when I was uh, whatever year whatever year it was when the Flyers played the Russians in the Super Series. I think seventy six. I want to say, and I was like eight years old. And at that point, it was already it was a well known fact that oh they're bringing Kate Smith is coming out to sing. You better be quiet. Yeah. And that was up here in Canada, and it was you better be quiet. Well, she sings yeah. and not even our anthem. And it was still you better be quiet. <laughs> and and nobody nobody of that generation would think about any issues except the goddamn national anthem and wouldn't kneel. But anyway, I don't oh, want to talk about politics here we go. and religion. <laughs> Everybody and was actually record? just a real person then. Still to this day, a record that is incredible. When they even since she's passed away years ago, and heck, decades ago already, back in the '80s, and when they still when they play that song, that their record is still insanely good. Yeah. Uh, does anybody know what the line on the game is? Uh, game three, I'd say it's probably what six, seven points. Did you all say? I know tonight, tonight was eleven and a half. Yeah, it's eleven and a half. I can tell you. Just hold on. I'd say, I'd say Cleveland playing at home, it might be a little bit lower. You never know. Uh, I, I, I got it. I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because Five that'll be an half. interesting. Five and a okay. half. Okay. That's, that's according that's to ESPN. Number. That's according to ESPN. Um, and I've got, and I, I've got that odd shark. I got four and a half. Hmm. As of right, as of right this minute. So they must be open for betting already, I assume. Yeah. Um, Plus four and a half to Cleveland. But anyway, so close, anyhow. On a, on a related, uh, somewhat humorous, but maybe not note, our, our sometime uh, guest and friend, Karen from Philly, our uh, 51-year-old transitioning from male to female <laughs> friend of the show, uh, was tweeting actively tonight that... Her uh, violent, uh, degrading black boyfriend who makes her dress as a woman when he sees her also wanted a big bet on Golden State to cover tonight. And and Karen had a little bit of uh, you know, uh, problem saying she didn't want to put it in because she knew that her boyfriend, uh, quote-unquote, in quotes, uh, if he lost, would not pay her, and she would get stuck with it. And now uh, a late update in the fourth quarter was, uh-oh, uh, because Cleveland covered, and that's who he wanted, or I'm sorry, Golden State covered, and that's who her African-American boyfriend uh, wanted. So he's going to be expecting probably, I don't know, if she didn't put the sum out, probably 300 bucks or something. So Karen's in for uh, a big argument now, uh, and we'll follow that story and give you a, uh, a resolution yeah, in, the, yeah, in, the, in the next, in the coming days, as they say. The story of Karen, what an interesting character she is. Yeah, she'll she'll get a, a documentary or something eventually, I'm sure. One of these days, yep. She's bound to You can do a documentary on how stupid. Sorry, go ahead. We lo- I lost you on how stoop something, and then yeah, oh, I too. was just I stopped because I thought you were talking. Uh, I said we should do a documentary on how stupid LeBron James looks showing up for the games tonight. Looks like uh, 
one of the extras from Weekend at Bernie's showed up. Did you, what see, you? Did you see the breakdown of what he was wearing for game one? Did I sent it to you. All that stuff? That, <laughs> that he had, was that you that sent me that he had $46,000 yes. worth of clothes on? Yes. Good Lord. $40,000 purse. Oh, that's what that was. I, I never that made it larger. Slash, you know, that bag slash purse slash backpack. 40, 40 grand. Kind of crazy because it's almost a, a big joke about how frugal he is usually in general. Like, uh, he he never upgraded from Pandora standard to Pandora Plus or whatever it is, premium. Uh <laughs> Because he didn't want to pay like nine bucks or something, something weird. I don't, I don't, and then I don't it, blame him there. And, well, Netflix. Yeah, and then and then they, you know, when they, that one, they made it known, and Pandora ended up giving them the free premium anyway because it was associated. Well, what did they give it to his ass for? <laughs> this dude's worth million, $200 million, dollars, and they're giving him free Pandora. Yeah, Get my because ass we free want, Pandora. I'm worth about it was a buck twenty-eight. It was worth $10 million in advertising money for him to say that he was watching it. That's why. Mm. Unbelievable. That's how that stuff always uh, worked. Did you guys, uh, whenever J.R. Smith was shooting the foul shot, did you hear the fans trolling a little bit? Yeah, it was wonderful. MVP. MVP. It was wonderful. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith has played like complete and utter dog do for the past two series. He has not played well at all. Oh my goodness! I mean, the one chance, the one chance he could have had. Uh, uh, it's going to be uh, tough with these contracts. I know. What was that, Jeff? I said uh, you have the stat line. I know that. I know Javale McGee. And Sean Livingston played really well coming off the bench. I'd say they probably had 20 combined points. I know JaVale had 12. They, I believe they did. I think it was 12 both or had 12, 12 and 10, something like that. Okay. JaVale had 12 and two, re, two or three rebounds. I wasn't for sure about Livingston. I could look it up, but they both played well off the bench. Um, even uh, Kevon Looney had, had good minutes uh, on the defensive side of the ball. For Golden State. Livingston had 10. Five. Livingston had 10 and was 5 of 5 from the floor. So didn't do mm. much wrong while he was out there. Five rebounds. Not, not bad for 15 minutes. He has quality. Well, that's a guy. That's a guy people forget was supposed to be like the next big, one of the next big things coming out of, uh, I believe he came out of high school. Yeah, Livingston did. didn't reach his potential until he got to Golden State and was yeah. able to be a good role player. After well, he injuries. had a lot of injuries too. I mean, injury after injury after injuries, knees and everything is just really sad. Like you said, he was—I think he was a top five pick, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I don't think he went. I don't know if he was correct. Yeah, he was in the lottery for fourth sure. By the, fourth by the Clippers in the first okay. round, 2004. Yeah, okay. he was supposed to go to Duke. And those damn knees. He, and he was so bad that, you know, they didn't even know if he was ever going to play and stuff like that. So, you know, to his credit, he uh, he worked hard and got healthy, so to speak, and found a, a perfect place for him to where he wouldn't have all that workload and his natural ability 
That was, uh, you know, he's. I was feeling uh, kind of sorry for him when you said that knee thing until I saw what he's getting paid. <laughs> now I feel no sadness whatsoever. Well, yeah, our I mean, guest. Lord. Our guest from last week, Mick Foley, tweeted about an hour ago, tough night to be a Cavs fan or a Cav. We can still do this, Cleveland. You know the Foley's will be watching on Wednesday. Hashtag NBA Finals. Well, sorry, Mick, but I'm going to have to break it to you that that's not happening. I think we got a, I think I have a better still. chance. I think I have a better yeah, chance of getting ones. a WWE developmental contract than the Cavs yeah, do at winning this series. Mate, you did predict they could win game three, though. Yeah, they could get yeah. a game. Like I said, if they're going to win one, it's going to be game three. I said they'd three. get two. They want a chance. It better be game three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they don't win game three. We just might as well call it. Yeah, well, it's over then for sure. I think it's over now. But unless – I just don't see what, uh-huh. what can change. The only, the only way they win, they win is somehow somebody from Golden State gets hurt. Are uh, you ready for the feel-good fuzzy moment? Um, and you're right, Tim. It's all if that Clay Thompson injury that he was nursing today gets worse or something. Or, well, he sure didn't play like it got worse. But no, anyway, um, I had a warm and fuzzy moment, and of course I got yapping. Now I forget what it was. <laughs> uh, it was about Cavs game three injuries. Uh, what the hell would have led me to think of this? I don't know. Damn it. Of course, I, I probably don't have a warm, fuzzy moment in my body. Actually, I was at a wedding last night. Uh, we could change the subject. It's Sunday. And uh, I know Nate DJed a wedding last night, too. So everybody across this country and world. There's probably weddings up there in Canada, too, right? Yeah, well, you know, I'm here once in a blue moon. Um, I saw a lot of old friends. And I, made, I think I made a point to Nate today um, off air that uh, about eight out of ten of those guests are not on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. None of them are having any problems in their life and are happier than hell. Um, weird, weird how that works. I think there's a connection there. I mean, I had, uh, I never had quote unquote weirdos that I was uh, aware of before social media and so forth, um, where friends or alleged friends that you think are pretty cool just go batshit crazy over whether it be an election or a wrestling match or a basketball game etc um a friend roy lucier you guys know of uh i actually ended up talking to him the other day about uh, the rock and rebel thing um because he had a connection yeah. to it before i knew the the details and he uh we shared the point about social media and he's like i i he made a funny uh point about i like these people who put if you are fill in the blank just delete me or just block me or unfriend me or whatever he's like whether i agreed with them or not i unfriended them just for for making that statement Uh, i i thought about it and I, i couldn't really blame him uh, because you're promoting division. Like if, if we're in a, if we're ten years old playing um, wiffle ball, and I say if, uh, if you don't like, uh, you know, three of us will get this. If you don't like Nolan Ryan, I'm not playing the game today. 
I mean, it would, I know. Be, it would be ridiculous. I know who Nolan Ryan is. Uh, I know Steve that. Carl, Steve Carlton I, I was nobody. making a dated reference. <laughs> Believe it or not, so, I was a decent. I was a decent baseball player. Well, you know what? I had hit Sunday fourth. Night. I actually hit third. I was hit third. Played second base. Um, yeah, that I don't understand. If you were a big kid, always were you big? Um. Uh, yeah, I was bigger than everybody. I was chubby, but uh, I was played second. Okay. I didn't mean to bring up a sore subject. I'm just, I'm just thinking <laughs> no, where I'm I thought we were. I was I'm super go skinny. Kill now. Was it your dad the coach? No. Nobody you knew. Friend of the family, blood relative. Okay, yeah, friend of the family. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have maneuvered Big well, Nate to either first just... base or catcher. Block uh, the plate block. for sure. Oh, yeah. well, he would have made a hell of a bad catcher. Nothing gets by Big I... Nate behind the plate. We all know that. I... Put a plate in front of Nate, that baby's empty. <laughs> the the, the ump wow. doesn't have to clean it off. <laughs> all right, everybody. Let's get it out now. Come on. Go ahead. Hey, man, ahead. we're all... I don't. I don't know how big. I don't know how big Jeff is, but we're other the other all three of us are fat bastards, so it's not fat shame. Yeah, I'm about five eight. Well, you know what? <laughs> we didn't let finish this. Jeff finished his size five eight. What? Four hundred pounds. Oh God, we're all we can all clean the plate then. So it's, it's oh, sure. Yes, you can. You can pull up a trencher and a, and a seat beside us anytime. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I was actually going to bring up. Um, I made a statement on uh, social media today, and I won't say it was controversial, but uh, it's an opinion of mine. I can't wait for this. (laughs) It's an opinion of mine. It's an opinion of mine, and I'm sticking with it. I put today women's college softball is better than Major League Baseball, and I'm sticking with that. For one uh, reason and one reason only, tits. Oh, tits. Uh, well, that would, I, I'm trying to think like Nate now, because women. No, it's, more it's the ass. Actually, actually, actually well, it's because they're women. Like me, it's yeah. The, yeah, it's not the sport. It's because they're females. Actually, believe it or not, the sport of women's college softball is more enjoyable to watch. It's more faster paced. The games are shorter. Did I mention they're women? So they wear tight pants. What? So it moves faster, and there's just a little bit less to hate than Major League Baseball. Well, and the fact that there's, you know, the field is smaller. And they're women. And they hit the ball, and it's a bigger ball, so there's more hits. There's more offense. Major League Baseball is just boring. I can't, I can't express that enough. Their numbers drop drastically every year. Baseball is slowly dying. We need we slow. need uh, we need to find a way to get accurate numbers of every sport right now because we, we brought up uh, ratings about everything I think, and uh, I can't I, I can't argue with you Nate because I have only watched about three innings of the Phillies this year and they're doing surprisingly well with two good pitchers up top, but I've enjoyed uh, I hate to go back in the day crotchety old bastard again but. 
you know, since my childhood, I've enjoyed a, an awesome pitcher like a uh, Randy Johnson or Pedro Martinez in his prime, and I've enjoyed a insane hitter, steroid or non-steroid, like Barry Bonds. Every time he was up, I would stop to watch. Um, but maybe current, I don't know. Is it just the game has passed us by? According, according, players like, go ahead. according to what I'm reading here, Game 7 of the 2017 World Series between the Astros and the Dodgers was down 30% from Game 7 of the year before. Now, maybe that well, had something to do with the fact that it was, it was the Cubs. Cubs. Indian. Yeah, yeah so maybe that had a little something time. to do with it. Yeah. But okay. baseball numbers... Storybook. But baseball numbers are down, and attendance is down at games. There's constant attendances down. You can go to some games, and it's just pathetic. I have the the NHL numbers in front of me for this this past season. Um, The top 27 teams are all above 93% capacity. Then, you know, the last four teams, so the four worst teams in the league, they're still all over 85% full, even though they suck. So, the, the New York Islanders being, Islanders being dead last with an average attendance of 12,000 in a building that only holds 14 at 86%. So, According to this, league attendance for baseball is down an average of 1,209 per game across 30 clubs. Okay, but that depends uh, on what was it last year. With 80,000 people a game, well, it can be down 1,200. That, that's kind of a misleading. It ain't that much. Um, well, I don't know what it is, and then, but of I'm course, just saying. 11,000, the Toronto Blue Jays. Of course, baseball Of course, baseball has a lot of fair-weather fans. So, Toronto Blue Jays, Toronto for doesn't example. Get, uh, Toronto doesn't get very good attendance anymore. They were averaging 28,000 a game. Uh, the year before that, they were averaging 39000 a game. So when the teams are winning, people are more likely to come out. It's just one of those things where baseball is so slow. And, okay, well, see, and here's the, the baseball up until this point right now from ESPN. There are several teams, like I'm talking like 10 or more, who are barely at half capacity. You know, 55%. I believe it. Fifty percent, sixty percent. There's no actually. There's nobody overall home and the road combined. There's nobody on the chart uh, higher than eighty-two percent, and that's the Giants. So, Tim, well, maybe, uh, that, that that can't that can't be good. <laughs> Tim, do you know anything about uh, maybe Montreal getting an expansion team? I heard maybe them. Yeah, uh, they're trying. Oh, they're they're, they're trying, before. but. That the, unfortunately for anybody up here in Canada, the tax situation is such a, and then the dollar being so shitty, again, I, unless they got some money coming from somewhere that nobody knows about up here, I, I can't see it happening anytime soon. Before we add another baseball team to what's already a league that's already overinflated on cap and not really enjoyable to the normal person. <laughs> Why don't we have? Yeah, well, why don't we add? That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah, why are you going to put a team in Montreal when you can't get fifty? You, know, you can't get twenty-five thousand in Toronto. 
like what, what's we the need to, we need a basketball team back in Seattle in the worst possible way. And that's just well, they're going to be a hockey honor. team. What what do you freaking do? They need the Sonics back. That's where that's where the next NHL franchise is going to go. Is going to go into Seattle. Well, if they go Wilson. there, then yeah. they really yeah. do need the Sonics back. Is trying to get a baseball team in in uh, Portland, maybe. Like a rain's too team. much. You would have to. You would have to have that in a in Indoor a dome. It have yeah. to be. Yeah. It rains so much. They out tried there. that in Vancouver and it didn't work. So. See, Just I miss the Vancouver Nate. Grizzlies too. I wish the Vancouver Grizzlies would come back because there's no damn bears in Memphis. Uh, unfortunately, unless you go, again, unless you go to the right club, you have to find an owner with not only the money that an American owner has, but double that just about because of the dollar and the taxes and all that. It's it's it's, it's not an easy sell up here, and the government up here wants no part of. Uh, uh, being held hostage for this, you know, two hundred fifty dollar million dollar arena builds and all this kind of stuff will not happen no, up smart. here. So they're yeah, smarter than we are here for hockey. They well, there's not enough people. You know, you can't you can't take a uh, like Vancouver for instance, where there's three million people in the entire province. The government has a hard time justifying giving you know three hundred million dollars to the city of Vancouver to build a hockey rink that three-quarters of the province can't get to to see even if they wanted to. So it just doesn't, you know, the logistics of it don't wash, not like in, uh, in the States where, you know, you got a big city with, you know, I don't know, three or four million people in it, and they can they can get away with that. But up here, at, you know, Calgary's doing that right now in hockey. Their rink is, was built for, what, the 88 Olympics. So it's it's getting old as far as state-of-the-art buildings are concerned. The government will not touch them you want you want to raise the money you're going to have to figure out a way to <laughs> to get a loan or the banks or to get some group together or whatever but we're not going to pay for it uh i was going to do a call back from earlier um just to clarify with big nate when he said uh if they're mm-hmm. looking at anything they should bring the sonics back i just want to make sure i'm thinking uh, it is the Supersonics as opposed to the her- to the hamburger joint, right? They can bring that back too, even though they never went away. Okay. They should test the market first, though, with the small Sonics. Up here in Philly, we didn't get them until about two years ago, I, and I think I only went once. Is it worth the uh, worth the trip? This is an actual question. Is it good stuff there? Yeah, I mean, it's fast okay. food, basically. I mean, yeah. it's not worth it's driving the, like. From a, what I, I've never been to one. We way. don't have them here, but the commercials look like the prices are. It's the price is is fairly reasonable though, right? Yeah, the for the cheaper. most part. All right. Well, just uh, yeah, like, said for cheap. Like, I mean, yeah, they're they're, like they're not learn. bad. They they I make like a to good learn about shake. eateries. They make a good milkshake. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't think I mean, anybody can make good milkshakes. If you I mean, dislike milkshakes, you, you have to cheap. be lactose intolerant. I mean, when you're a big guy like we are, cheap does play a factor because you you know this nonsense. Amen. Of you're gonna you're gonna roll into a, a fast food place and have a ah, hamburger. <laughs> Come on, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> after 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 last night, uh, you guys would have been proud or embarrassed, depending on which uh, 
state of mind you were in, but probably proud. Uh, there was not an hors d'oeuvre person that could duck me. Like, <laughs> would you like this, sir? Would you like? I would. I would have a full cheek full of something, and they would think that they could get by me, and I'd grab another one and dip it too. Uh, I, I may have even double dipped once or twice uh, while they were moving around. With, I mean, I didn't even know what half the shit was, but I ate. I think like it's a important, sandwich. you know, when you go to a wedding and a friend of yours just paid money for a meal and catering and all that stuff, that you make sure that he got his money's worth. Oh, I do. Yeah. That's why. That's the only reason I get an invite. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think that. I mean, that would be horrible if the guy had spent, you know, budgeted, you know, forty bucks a person or something, and everybody only ate eight dollars, and the catering company took all the money home. Screw that noise. Eat, drink, be merry. It's a party, isn't it? It's what it's supposed to be, um, depending on what. The, how I do it. Things go down, but. Especially if your wedding requires the DJ skills of me, then it's definitely a party. And you could hit me up right now if you're having any kind of get-together of families, weddings, parties. Hell, I'll do a funeral. If you need DJing, you give me a ring. All right, and I'll make sure you get a good price. We'd have to to update your uh, selection of tunes, though, before you could play that Robinson or Dumbrova Suarez. Sir, sir, I will rock and roll all night, hoochie-coo, okay? I don't well, want to hear when, rock and roll hoochie coo. When you announce the uh, you know wedding party and so forth, do you implement? Do they tell you what to do, or do you implement your own judgment? They just tell me who to announce. So you because uh, the guy last night had specific songs for specific you know couples or whatever. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And, I have specific. I have a specific layout of uh, what songs are to be played when, so you know. I I would I would be sneaking in like Triple H's theme and Jericho's and uh, <laughs> all the ones I like. You know, Nakamura. I did DJ. I'll, I'll give you a little behind the scenes here. I did DJ a wedding one time of an independent professional wrestler, um, and when the bridal party did their entrances, um, they came in to different theme songs. Like, whenever we announced that they were coming in, I played the old Monday Night Raw theme song with the sirens, and then I just yelled at the top of my lungs on the microphone, welcome everyone to, you know, such and such as wedding. <laughs> like Vince used to do with welcome everyone Whoa. to Monday Night Raw. And then uh, actually a member a member of the wedding party was one Bobby Blaze. He was, wow. he was in the wedding. And uh, cool. he came in, you'll, en- you'll enjoy this, he came in, I think it was to Randy Savage's entrance music, uh, with him and the lady in the bridal party he was with, he flew the, he, he flung the door open, and the door flew, and it hit old background Josh Brown right in the knee. <laughs> wow. Was like, oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me, like, through the body slammer and like drop the big elbow on her off a table. Oh, that would have been nice too. But oh god, that'd have been awesome. And the guy and the guy who got married at the time was the uh, heavyweight champion of the organization uh, down here. One of the main, one of the big companies, and he had the title belt with him when he came into the wedding. <laughs> oh, you got a, a pretty time. accepting wife for that move. 
Oh, his his wife actually came in with his uh, ring jacket on. Oh, oh yeah, wrestler, wrestling centric wedding, obviously. <laughs> Definitely, because the wedding was pretty normal. Yeah. With the reception, we went pretty wrestling heavy, so I was not mad. Speaking uh, of Bobby Blaze, if I ever. Speaking of Bobby Blaze, he's got we a love, new podcast. We love Bobby Blaze, so go ahead. We yeah, do. What is we, do. we got details on that? Uh, just called Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I did share it and retweet it on our either. Twitter today. Uh, I'd like yeah, to check he did, it out. He did, yeah. give us a, he did give us a link so we can find it. I couldn't find it. Didn't really know yeah, it's on, I think you got to click the link. I don't think it's up on like iTunes or anything as of yet. But uh, we love Bobby, and we wish him the best of luck. And check it out. Buy his books. His books are fantastic. Anyway, TR, you sure, were saying uh, I was, you ever got I was. Yeah, if I ever get married, but uh, real real quick first, uh, we haven't had Bobby on in months. We should bring him on maybe on one of these kind of just free flow bullshit session nights, you know. But uh, yeah, you know. Anyhow, uh, if I ever have the pleasure of taking part in the sacrament of marriage, the institution of man and wife and monogamy for the rest of their life. Um, my ex better not be anywhere around any DJs. So Nate, if I, you know, if I bring you up from West Virginia, don't take any bribes, even if they're six or seven figures to play, uh, like Beck's Loser when I come in, or Radiohead Creep. Like, He's a loser, baby. He's pretty fly for a white guy. Yeah, I'd play no, pretty no fly for a rabbi. You might, you might come Listen. out to Alex, right? Yes. Yeah. Das yeah. Wonderkind. Das Wonderkind? <laughs> das Wonderkind, Alex, yeah. right? While we're oh, on wrestling God. a little bit, uh, something that's not in the major thing, the major like headlines, I'm sure, but you guys scour the internet a lot. Well, at least Nate does. Um, Joel Gertner posted a <clears throat> an odd post about apologizing for the way the fans in my own hometown, Philadelphia, acted towards Wildcat professional wrestling last night. Is there any story to this? I, this is new I haven't me. seen anything. Well, Wildcats back group, back group out of Louisiana. The fans were well, yeah, they were. Yeah, that would be a shocker, right? Um no, I mean, it was hard. It was hard to read between the lines. He was, he was definitely saying that they were douchebags and and Wildcats should stay away for a, a while. And uh, it was on be, it was on his own independent. He made that clear, his own independent um, opinion, and not representing Wildcat, which is a group out of Louisiana from from the guy Luke Hawks who runs it. Uh, I think they had a successful show or two at the ECW arena with their crew. I think Stevie Richards is their champ or something, but um, he was originally from here as well. Um, however, uh, something happened last night with their crowd that were uh, embarrassing enough where Joel Gertner was uh, posting negative about about their response to the group. So I was wondering if you guys saw anything. Um, not that I have seen as of late. Um, I was looking on Joel's Twitter. I'm not seeing anything. 
Um, this is Facebook, maybe, I think he put it on. Okay, well, maybe I'll... Uh, let me scour the web a little bit here. Maybe I can get to the bottom of this. Uh, I don't know what they did. I mean, Philly wrestling is usually just fat dudes in T-shirts saying this is awesome. Um, <laughs> but I'm thanking God they don't have to spell awesome. <laughs> I know how to spell it. M I K E A W E S O M E. I got the card. I got the card here, and the, I mean, the, the, the lots of matches. Uh, some decent names that even, you know, from WWE days gone by. Uh, Let's hear them. Uh, well, we got the the the, in the final match with Shane Douglas. Yeah, that's somebody we all know. Uh, yeah, no shame. DJ Hawks, Stevie Richards. Uh, I mean, there's, there's some names on here I recognize at least, and they had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I mean, there was twelve matches on the card, so it couldn't have been from unless they were like really short or something. It couldn't have been from lack of. Uh, there's no not any comments here or anything saying. Well, I've seen Shane Douglas work recently in North Carolina, and he, uh... Okay, well, you guys may know these names. I'll read you the card, because you guys might know these names, and I don't. Uh, Buku Dow against uh, Nick Burke. Stevie Richards against Andrew Stone. Savannah Evans against Renee Michelle. PJ Hawks against Rory Gulick. Matt Tremont against Danny Flamingo and... And Sabu. Sabu is there? That's what it says. Matt Tremont defeated Danny Flamingo and Sabu in a triple threat match. Um, Thanks for calling Johnny me Flex there, Terry. Steve. Say what now? I said, thanks for calling me, Terry. Sabu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to the second time. Uh, Craig Steele and Dan Math defeated the Pump Patrol of Kurt Matthews and Jared Wayne. Matt Lancey defeated Crowbar. Jay Spade defeated, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. And Shane Douglas defeated Luke Cox in the final dog collar match. Hmm. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, if you're looking for big, big names, none there. But, I mean, there's at least a few people there that even a casual has heard of. Crowbar, Devin Storm, I'm surprised he still even does it because he's made a lot of money with physical therapy. I got I got to be real weird here, but what else do you expect from me? I worked for Tommy Fierro's ISPW, Independent Superstars of Pro Wrestling, um, for I don't know six months straight. He was running two shots every weekend on Fridays and Saturdays, and I was uh, responsible for Derek Domino, not not to be confused with Domino, the tag team champion, local Philly guy, Derek Domino. <clears throat> and uh, why did I bring this up? Fuck. It's somebody you mentioned on that results deal. Um, who did you just mention? Uh, who did you say that you couldn't believe he was still working? Oh, um, yeah. Thank you. You got to. Re- you guys are great. You're better. You're better than anybody. Uh, family members keeping me on track. Um, Devin Storm Crowbar. Uh, so he was a regular you know, um, on that circuit as well. 
And I've never seen a man, besides those weirdos at the Y, that was so comfortable being nude uh, for le- uh, around other men for a lengthy period of time. Uh, Devin Storm would like, you've been in locker rooms before, Nate. You, I mean, maybe you all have. I don't know. Um, I mean wrestling locker rooms specifically. You know, it's a time to be nude when you're, you know, get a shower or, or change in ring gear. Storm would, like, uh, stop changing, and it seemed like a, I don't know if it was a rib or something, but he would just walk around naked going through matches and et cetera. Uh, I, was, I was always thinking to myself, why the fuck is this dude naked all the time? We're, we're, we're a bunch of dudes. and uh, But he has, a, uh, at the time at least, he had a really hot-looking chick, so I don't think he's a little freaky-deaky weirdo. Uh, well, not that they're weird, but... Like those guys at the YMCA that are naked for three hours at a time, so open their balls up. Uh, and an interesting little tidbit, though, from my wrestling past. Crowbar likes to be naked, at least he used to. Um, according. Not sure. That's what a story. <laughs> <laughs> according to what I'm reading here, Joel, uh, somebody had said on Joel's status. It was a mix of people who aren't very vocal and people who want to be the show. Some thought it was their duty to be giant assholes to everyone and everything in the ring. I had no idea it was a TV taping, and I'm sure the rest of the crowd didn't either. Not sure if it would have changed much, but it may have. It is a tough time of the year with all the graduations and so forth. I actually skipped one myself, and I know the show was super promoted. I just don't know what the problem was. So apparently the crowd wasn't big, and then this is this is me just guessing here. Um, the crowd wasn't very big, and uh, the ones that were there were assholes, basically smart mark there assholes. Was a, there was an attempted hijack or two, was there? Oh god, at a wrestling show, never. Yeah, that never happens anymore, right? No, never, never. Can't say that I'm sure. Well, but I mean, I've been into it since. Uh, like almost Nate, Nate was in the womb. I was just out of the womb. The parents always told me I was an ornery kid who <laughs> wouldn't settle down. And, but if they put wrestling on so they can remember, I can remember being three years old, like one or two things with WWF sitting in front of the TV, but they say it was even younger. But what yeah. a weird, weird group of people. And I, you know, I think all four of us are in that fraternity at least at one point, and uh, but I'll, I'm free to admit that I'm batshit crazy on part of me. I'm I'm on meds and all kinds of shit, so I fit the fucking stereotype. I just you know I try to I try to be somewhat sane and and and. You know, I mean, credible. I'll be the first person. I'll be the first person to tell you that I'm a mark for pro wrestling, but you know, there's a difference between being a mark for pro wrestling and being a prick. Well, and trying to be. It's also. Like, here, here, it's also here's one a thing. If you spent, if you spent 150 dollars, let's say, to go to, and maybe that's not even enough, but to go to WrestleMania, and the show's the shits. Yeah. Maybe you got some room to to bark, but when you, I mean, when you go to an independent show, and then want it to be WrestleMania, you're an idiot. Well, my biggest thing with pro wrestling is. Um, people, if you want to be a heel mark, that's fine. If you want to cheer the heels, I mean, that's, that's your prerogative. 
and nobody's going to stop you. Um, but when you're in a crowd and there's people chanting things that have no earthly meaning towards anything, and, you know, I partially blame this on WWE for actually acknowledging it. Um, yeah, crowds are trying to have fun, but when you're just, like, you don't go to a Broadway play or, you know, or some sort, you don't go to the circus while, you know, the trapeze artists are out and just chant, we want clowns, we want clowns. You know, you, you just don't do that. You don't go we want to the... You to slip. Yeah. Yeah, fall. fall you know, if, yeah, and you don't see, you know, you somebody... You up. Yeah, if somebody drops on you, you fucked up, champ. Yeah, then you, know? you fucked up or you yeah. sold out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, oh, we find out that the oldest clown in the... In the circus is retiring after forty years of dedicated service. You sold out. You yeah. sold out. Well, you, know, you deserve it. Is even is the one that drives yeah, you deserve crazier. it or something. You know, and nobody goes to the Globetrotter game and, and tries to hijack the show. It's just I don't understand why wrestling fans think they're so special. Go to the show, have a good time, let the well, people I think perform. Kind of. I think he kind of touched on that because we're all, to some degree, a little bit out there, and the the hard yeah, hardcores are way, are way way are way way out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm a hardcore yeah, wrestling fan, but I don't think that I deserve to be featured on TV more than most of these guys. As much as I hate Baron Corbin, who are you going to pay to see in person? Me or Baron Corbin? Baron Corbin. He's six foot nine. He's a beast. I mean, you're not going to pay to see me, a, a six foot five fat guy from West Virginia. Well, you're just I would, not going to. I, I would find different ways to uh, to show my pleasure and or displeasure at what I'm watching. Yeah, you know, chanting out. Go to the bathroom. Yeah, well, get a hot dog. Don't, don't cheer at all. You yeah, know, sit there quietly. That's the death knoll of for for anybody, a heel, uh, exactly. baby face, whatever it might be. Utter silence is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Exactly. And wrestling fans are too dumb to realize that. When you want to get rid of somebody fast, just don't say a word when they come out. Can you imagine how quick you're off the TV if you get no response? Yeah. Just ask Uh, Public Enemy on WWF back in the 90s. (laughs) Bless their their hearts. Sheesh. Did you actually have... It's happened to a lot of guys who just, you know, the, the gimmick wasn't there or whatever, and you come out to, as they say, crickets. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't go well did you after see that, the, usually. Did you see the picture going around? This is just from my browsing today of social media of of a very, very uh, angry slash, are, are you kidding me type looking uh Jinder Mahal in a picture with like a fifty-year-old dude at an airport at like four in the morning. No, I didn't see that. I did not uh, see that. Oh, I'm going to look for it. That, uh, it's on Roy Lucier's group, International Wrestling Fan Base. If you're in there, um, <clears throat> but it, it was such like as a kid, guilty as charged. I'd be at the hotels and you know all that stuff, and they were larger than life and they drank in the bar, and then I got a fake ID and worked my way into some weird positions. But uh, no, not weird positions, good positions. But um, 
And that's where a lot of the resentment from these Philly people come. They don't remember that they were standing in the corner and they weren't willing to, to get fake IDs and shit and, and get it, actually meet the people. They waited till they would go piss and, and, and flock them. And, uh, they had, you know, some of the, the weirdest ones had, uh, selective memory and, uh, a bit of animosity that I would uh, <laughs> actually be in the bar going through, uh, you know, trying to build relationships and so forth. I'm but, sorry. Uh, I, found pic- I found the picture. <laughs> Jim, okay, so, like, really, dude? Really? <laughs> like, how old yeah, are you? The dude, the dude had to be 50. Am I right, Nate? Yeah. Hold on, Tim. I'm sending it to you. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and... Um, like, like I said, guilty as charged. I used to be a hotel hanger when I was a young, young, uh, road warrior Hawk fan, just to give one example. And, uh, then you get older and, you know, and I worked at the airport, I'd see these guys at four in the morning with a bunch of wrestling programs and shit. And, uh, you know, there's still a part of me that's like, oh, there's Roman Reigns and Bo Dallas. That's kind of cool. But they would be—you'd see it in these guys' eyes. They're half awake, and these and these kids. And airport security, I guess, can't do nothing if they're not in a certain area. I don't know, but um, yeah, I kind of understand because they're not all kids. They're collectors who take pictures with them and then get them to sign as much as they can, and they have the picture to prove it's a real signature, and then they sell them on eBay or whatever. So it's like, yeah. They see guys in different airports, and it's always four or five in the morning, which is insane. And, uh, I mean, it's just when I see guys, you know, older than me, like that picture you would, you're would, you laughing at with gender. Oh, yeah, this guy's at least 55 if he's a day. I mean, come on. Like, uh, you know, That's I'm a, I'm be a star. Uh-huh. They should be running the videotape right now, and you should hear Jinder Mahal say, "No, uh, what is your address, sir? Uh, and what, <laughs> what is your work schedule tomorrow? I shall show up in the middle of the night when you're sleeping, or trying to sleep, yeah. and bang on your door looking for for an autograph from you, you idiot." Yeah, when you're when I mean, you're okay. rushing around in the morning, rushing yeah, I mean, I get trying that, to make it. You know, yeah, no, there's some limits. You know, the airports when a guy's come from. I mean, I'm going to assume. That if you knew he was coming there, you probably knew where he came from, right? Which means yeah. you know that he's been flying all night or whatever, and then you pull that move. You're lucky you didn't get tattooed in the side of the head for your trouble. Three places. An old he, looks like he, Three he, places. he looks like he's not far from doing it either. Three yeah. places you should never bother a pro wrestler or, or you know, any athlete. Any athlete or anybody. Or, anybody. anybody. Doesn't even matter who they Don't are. Don't bother at a restaurant. At the airport, at the gym. That's three places I'll, I would never bother. I'll add, add a take fourth. The, there's a fourth. But I'll add a fifth that's not necessarily in um, a, 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 an establishment or, or a certain place, but also never when they're in a conversation with someone that they actually know. Well, yeah, yeah. Jesus, I mean, that goes without saying. Don't be a prick. Yeah, but you see it all the time, you know, where these guys are they're out with their families, like at a park or, you know, something like that. They're trying to have a family time or whatever, and some idiots roll, oh, how about a picture? Really, you should get yeah. told, uh, no, 
Thanks. Well, that I mean, reminds like me WWE, of uh, WWE guys do enough signings and shit that if you really want to get a, a picture or a photo or an autograph from these guys, you can. That reminds me of yeah. uh, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw always had the rule, um, you know, I'll sign whatever, I'll take pictures, I'll do whatever. When I'm with my family, I'm off limits. Don't come up to me. Don't ask for pictures. Don't ask for autographs. I'm with my family. Let me be. So I think that's yeah, fair. I have no problem with that. I, I think that's completely well, fair. Like, you wouldn't like it. Well, I was in uh, I was in a restaurant picking up a, a to-go order one time. And uh, this is in lonely Logan, West Virginia. So imagine. And I turn around, and there's the Miz and his wife, Maurice. I'm like, well, damn, that's the Miz. I get my food. He's standing there waiting to be seating. I extend my hand. I say, hello, sir. I'm a fan. Nice to meet you and your wife. You guys have a good day. And I leave. I don't ask for a picture. I don't ask for an autograph. The man's about ready to have a meal. I leave. Another time, I'm at a Ruby Tuesdays in an airport somewhere. The Usos and Christian come in. They are over there. They sit down and eat. My buddies and I are there, and we're like, oh, damn. We don't let it bother us. We get up and leave. We don't speak to them. We don't ask for pictures or nothing. We just, you know what? They're eating. Leave them alone. I thought you were, were going to tell me that uh, you were in a Wendy's in downtown Chapmanville, and <laughs> Turned around and we're surrounded by high school kids who wanted to know more about the legend of Tom Robinson. Well, uh, you know, they want to know about the legend of Silent Jeff, who's still on the line, believe it or not. <laughs> he's just, he's just thanking Lord, the God that he really doesn't know any, any of us all that well, except for you. <laughs> you still there, Jeff? You hanging with us? Yeah, I was watching highlights on the ESPN here. He's not even paying attention anymore. <laughs> He just put the phone down. He's like, to hell with it. <laughs> These guys will talk forever. We're good. Well, I thought the chat thing might, might big him up a they, bit. They should have their own show. <laughs> yeah, you know, what the, you know what the funny part about that gender thing is? Like, you know, I, I this is really just a guess, but I would guess that 55-year-old, whatever he is, dude, or – you know that that got this picture is probably a guy who says, "God, I hate Jinder Mahal." But once he's probably in, purpose, yeah. in person, but there he is. So he he's the greatest thing that ever happened. And, uh, oh look, it's Jinder Mahal. He's in the WWE. I just love that he had like messed up hair and he was just like, "What in the fuck?" Oh, the guy looks like you know. Yeah, I think if you could, you know, if you could caption that, you know, it's basically like you got to be fucking kidding me. Like really? Yeah, I mean, there's now there's the, there's right the uh, there's the counter argument that some have put up, but I don't think they're thinking it fully through because some people I respect that have this opinion that if you're famous, you know what you got into and whatever. But uh, not, there's limits to not, that, though. They're not look they're not looking at it like like Tim brought brought up a great a great way to put it. If I you know. Whatever job I had, I can bring up Tim's favorite word, SEPTA, because that's my longest, what I'm associated with. Um, We had to be there such specific times, like 3.43 a.m., for instance, like weird times. It wouldn't be 9 to 5 or nothing like that. So and a system, you'd have to be up the steps and in, checked in with the dispatcher at 3.43.00. 
If it was 0-1, you got a five-point miss against your attendance. So it was insane. You know, you hit strange traffic or whatever. You don't want to get up two hours early when you got to be in a 3:40 in the morning anyway. You know, it'd be, it's all well and good if, if you're one of those happy-go-lucky people who are like, "Well, you should know your time and prepare for any things that could happen." We've all been in an eruption. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> fucking dumbbells. But anyway, we've all been in, we've all been in a rush for work or something at some point. And you know, if I'm if I'm brushing my teeth and I've got 17 minutes to make it on the dot, and I and I've only got like a a one minute leeway to to have something fuck me up in my progression to get there. Up pops Jinder Mahal on that fucking Maharaji music, and he goes, hey, man, I just want to get um, a quick picture. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tom, I know your bus must go downtown shortly, but... Uh, exactly. How about selling so, these 57 things I have? Yeah, if you look at it that way, it, 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 you know... Here's a program from the 1992 Royal Rumble. Yeah. I heard that. <laughs> Tying that up into another story, did you see the the big show where he refused to take the pin to that uh, to a nine year old or something? Some kid asked him no. at a convention or were assigning or whatever. It's on the um, where did I read that? Um, da, 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 da. It's on the Wrestle Zone. Uh, Big Show refuses kids' request. Will won't, won't lay down for a pin. Some kid asked him to. Uh, he's seven years old. I didn't watch the video because I couldn't be bothered. But apparently, this kid uh, he he got DDP to do it the other day. But uh, the Big Show, I guess, put him in this place. And uh, no way am I coming down there and letting some seven-year-old pin me just so you can take a picture of it. I probably I, I probably side on the Big Show as long as the kid's not like terminally ill or something. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't mention anything like that. And there's a picture of him, and he looks like, uh, you know, he looks pretty healthy. He's got a, he's got a gut on him, and you know, he's challenged Hulk Hogan now to. Uh, it looks like it's some kind of a gimmicky thing to try to get you know, all. You know, if I can get two or three wrestlers to do it, they'll all have to do it, kind of thing. But, uh, if he's like seven, you know, he's got a mark. He's got a marked parent who's who's pushing him to do it. So. Good job, Big Show. It seems a little. I stand behind. Little hashtag little, stand yeah. behind Big Show. F- Big Show doesn't. Old. Big Show doesn't do jobs for anybody. Just anybody. Not oh, doing according to Matt Morgan. According to Matt Morgan, not even him. Well, who the fuck would want to sure. do a job for Matt Morgan? A little resentment there. Not hearing the full story of that. I know, but he went into that whole gimmick. He went into that whole gimmick and how it happened and all that stuff on why it ended. I hate to give another show a plug, but if Conrad plugs him and he was on our show. It's not a bad show, that show. Or that podcast, not too shabby. Morgan, Morgan, I never had a problem with Matt Morgan. He was just always really big. And I just felt like he just didn't live up to potential. Of course, WWE <laughs> well, gave him a shit Bruce, gimmick. In the words of Bruce Pitcher, he looked really good, but then there had to be a match. And the bell rang. Hey, yeah. uh, 
there's there's two sides of every story, and that's uh, the only way you're going to get a story is that, is that podcast because I had never heard him really talk at length before. There's a lot yeah. of things that could be uh, could be disputed if 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 his side's uh, even seventy percent accurate. So I suggest you listen to that one, Nate, and then that format. They're, yeah. they're, they're very well done. They just let the guy talk. They don't really lead him anywhere, really. So he's free to, you know, if he's going to bite his own head off coming up with something outrageous, it's kind of on yourself if you do it. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed the, the Simon Gotch one I thought was really good. Because the story, that the popular story he claims, of course, is nowhere near the reality. <laughs> Uh, as we all know, as we all know, that this tends to be true. The, you know, there's your side, my side, and the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. So it's just nice to hear the other, at least to hear the other guy's side of things. They got to get Enzo on there. I'd like to hear yeah, his I mean, take on the whole. Speaking whole of which, WWE I finally thing. got to check out his uh, rap video. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I got a kick out of it. Oh, all right. Uh, I just like that he has the balls to just, you know, because other guys with WWE and the, what they're trying to portray with the Stephanie shit, the ladies' movement, I love that. Like, he probably, due to his uh, drawing, at least TV ratings and his merch sales, probably if he stayed quiet, could have got right back in there eventually. And uh, I, I don't think he was coming back. I really uh, don't. Money talks. I mean, uh, nobody thing, in the office the disliked him. him. Uh, are you sure about that? Well, besides her. Nobody, I've, nobody. I've heard a lot of people were very, very unhappy with him in just about every aspect. They were just looking for an excuse to get rid of him. Yeah, I, he hasn't been I the heard. first one to get to get run out of Dodge and go back to Dodge. So That's I heard true. the boys didn't like him. And they would complain that he was that. an asshole. But you know, Vince don't well, care find about out that if he puts him on two hundred five live and four times no com- people are watching. His no compete must be just about over by now, pretty close. If Getting close. Standard, if he had the standard six either, months like everybody it's either else. Stupid, it's either stupid or brilliant that he went that hard. But you know, coming from a Tim and Tom show standpoint, he's he, he's our flag bearer for yeah, even mentioning. He, he, but I mean, he. I loved because, as we saw with this tragedy with the Rock and Rebels wife, who for years had been uh, off and on, had bad, legitimate fears, uh, and then these these cash grabbers come out of nowhere, and uh, just because it's trendy, and it, it it really takes it really hurts the real victims who need the attention and the help. And, uh, you know, so I tri- I triumphed his uh, balls to come out and just attack the girl and bury her and bury the whole thought process of cash grabbers and make shit up. But, you know, uh, just because I tri- uh, triumphed it and uh, I'm into it and happy that somebody had the balls to do it is not necessarily a good business move if you're trying to do damage control, but that's Enzo. No, but... From his side, if you really didn't do it, that is the response you should make. That you should go on the attack immediately to prove why you didn't do it. Or you say your piece, not this silence and like some of them. Well, 
I don't really think I did anything wrong, but I'd like to apologize to anyone who was offended. Blah, 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 blah. That, to me, is not the way to go. I agree. But, I mean, I, I, and I'm happy that he did that. That's also me. So, yeah, I didn't have no $10 million contract on the line or whatever we're talk- or whatever money we're talking about. Yeah. Conrad uh, had uh, Conrad Thompson was in attendance that night. Then Enzo got released because it was the uh, Raw, um, however many anniversary yeah. was it Raw, Raw 25, 30, 25 or twenty five or whatever it was, thirty or something. I don't know. It was a big letdown. What it, what whatever it was. Yeah. Um, he said Enzo when he saw him that day had a shirt on. It said it's the best day of my life or something like that. And then he gets released. Yeah, yeah, that's an irony. Well, he shouldn't yeah, have right. any trouble getting uh, a Ring of Honor contract or a TNA or Impact. Oh, he ain't going to Ring of Honor. I guarantee you that. Or uh, Japan. He'll go somewhere because that's a name that everybody knows. TNA, I think yes. Japan and Ring of Honor would kill him, like their yeah. fan base. Yeah, well, maybe would, not Japan. They, would... they won't kill him, but they won't be happy with his work. Nah, he he's not a good enough worker to go to Japan or Ring of Honor. Um, TNA, you're not get, I could you're see. Not getting him for his work though. Well, yes, in Japan you almost have to. That's not what I Ring want. Ring of Honor, I want him for his mouth. Ring of Honor in Japan, they don't they don't care about mouth. <laughs> they don't. They're the smart mark federations, yeah, which is why they don't make the money WWE you know, makes. I would turn him into a manager in a heartbeat if I owned a wrestling. You know, that's one thing you don't see, even in Smart Mark promotions. You don't see a lot of managers. You don't see them in TNA. You don't see them in Ring of Honor. You don't see them in New Japan. And it's and it's really amazing now, because the amount of time like that WWE spends on a Monday and a Tuesday with people yapping, Yeah, you'd think they'd at least want somebody out there that was good at it. Yeah, I know. Now, see, back in the don't. day, they had Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan for Ric Flair when he won the 1992 Royal Rumble in Albany, New York at the Knickerbocker Arena. <laughs> <laughs> what color socks was he wearing that night, Nate? Not sure. Trunks black were black, tights, wasn't he? Black tights, black <laughs> boots. Jeff Mano. <laughs> red, uh, red RF on the side of the uh, of the boots. So I remember that. Why was, he, why, why was he putting over a lot of Feinstein? Put Feinstein over. I think he had a purple robe, if I'm not mistaken, maybe. Right? No, black and white. Was, was it black and white? Yeah. Black and white. Oh, boy. It was a battle of the rumble experts. <laughs> well, You're going to have to have rumble Nathan's trivia, you two. Yeah, I can Nathan's see it's coming. Me. Nathan's got me on uh, Royal Rumble trivia brought to you by Frank from Flintlock. Bring it. There I'm you down. Go. Get some questions. Get some I'll real obscure it. shit, Tim. What's up? Do it. Well, I, I think I, could, I probably could if, 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 if everyone's game, or Frank could I'm probably game. throw together some kind of uh, sports trivia for, for an upcoming episode. I'd get destroyed at sports trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what the sport. No, I would what? too. I, I would too. Tom's got basketball no. down pretty good in football, but after that, you know, oh, uh, the, I need to make the nineteen ninety two lacrosse cups probably going to give some people some problems. What was that, Jeff? I, I need to make an apology. The other day, I left out somebody on my on my nineteen sixty five and nineteen eighty six 
uh, winners. I said the Canadian Celtics, and uh, I think it was Bill Shoemaker, the jockey for the Kentucky Derby. Is that right, I believe? Well, sounds right. Jack Nicholas also won the Masters both of those years. Oh, wow. It's the Golden Bear. Yeah. The Golden Bear. Uh, Nate, we are, I don't know if you've been watching the time, but we're down to the Yeah, game. we've got 60 okay. seconds left. So uh, Let me say something real quick. I, I got one. We talked about it earlier. Uh, who's Go the ahead. only coach in NBA history to take an eight seed to the NBA Finals? Oh, hell. You said his name earlier. <sighs> Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy. Thomas Robinson for the win. <laughs> the only reason I knew is because we said his name earlier. <laughs> yeah, really, I didn't ever know that. <laughs> well, I shouldn't have helped you all that much, really, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, thanks for calling in. This has been our Sunday Night Roundtable Game 2 discussion slash Ric Flair Royal Rumble 92 <laughs> wrap-up. This is Rob. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, Tim, is Wide Men Can't Score coming tomorrow, or are we going to wait until the next uh, game? I've I think we're going to wait for another game to go by. Let's just All right. Wide Men Can't Score will be back after the next game. We'll be back on Wednesday with the flagship program. Until then, this has been the Sunday Night Roundtable. Again, Jeff, thanks for calling. Tim, thanks for jumping on. I'm Nate Bush, TR. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play.